0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode three of Phillies Therapy. My name is Paul Boyer. I am joined, as always, by The Athletic Philadelphia's Matt Gelb to recap another week of spring training down in lovely scenic Florida and, in a special twist, to go over some of your submitted over unders for the 2022 season. And I gotta admit, some of these are pretty creative. I've set aside somewhere about 11 or 12 of the roughly 20 to 25 that were submitted. We'll get to the rest in a little bit of bonus content later this week. Uh, So don't worry if you don't hear yours this week, you'll get to it in just a couple of days. Uh, Things have been positive again, down in camp um, for the past week, mostly. Uh, It's getting a little weird to see these weeks as,
1: you say that uh, so reluctantly.
0: You know, I, I'm just, I'm hesitant, man. I get, you know, we get burned by these things. We have a little bit of that lingering, oh, should I say this and jinx it? But you watch games like today with that air show against Detroit. You hear the news of, you know, Mickey Moniak making the team as a as a depth outfielder for a few weeks out of camp. Um, and it seems to offset that there are still some real concerns about pitching and depth that are beginning to mount. What, what are things like down there as... Everybody's getting ready to break camp and head up north, Matt.
1: You glossed over Aaron Noah.
0: I did. I did. I, absolutely I, took lot, did. I
1: took some. I took some Twitter flack last after his last start because I said like he's he's in good shape, you know, heading into the season. I mainly said that because he had gotten up to like sixty pitches, but uh-huh. you know, everyone's like, oh, he's giving up a ton of home runs, and like, I, I don't want to be that guy, but like, I, I you know, like, I really like try not to pay attention to like the spring stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the numbers itself like i'll pay attention to like i will look at velocity now that we can do that a little more and you look at quality of at bats and you look at to see you know how's bryson Stott doing against big league pitching for example Mm -hmm. like like not you know and it's hard to judge because nola will tell you and even wheeler said it after wheeler pitched like this um a ball scrimmage uh because of rain yep and like he gave up a home run to kendall simmons who's going to be the shortstop uh, or an infielder at, at low a clearwater this year he's got you know he's
0: it's a rising name, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, he, he you know, he's he, he's he's kinda of been stuck, uh he had some injuries, whatever. He's got some pop though and, and Wheeler was like I mean like I was like I threw him like five straight because I was trying to look I was trying to like get the slider to a specific spot and I just couldn't I, I kept trying to do it. And Wheeler was calling his game because there was an 18 or 19-year-old catcher who was uh, catching uh-huh. the game, Ricardo Perez, who was, uh, I think they gave him a little bit of money. But uh, a little Wheeler out of his was depth. calling his own yeah. name. Yeah, Wheeler, Wheeler was calling his own game. And so, like, I think at some point Simmons caught on that he was trying to, like, get the slider. So he just turned on it. And, um, you know, guys are doing that in these spring games. Like, Aaron do you know, like some of these pitches, like the weird people are like, why is he throwing a fastball in that count? Yep. Probably because they're just seeing how it pl- they're just trying to do it just to see it and it's not necessarily something uh that he'll do in the season and that what that's what makes it so hard to judge. I look at him like, yeah, he had a great final start and you have to feel good about it, but like I look at it as he's healthy and he got up to like 70 something pitches and he'll probably be at about 90-ish, 85-ish for opening day and that makes him one of the most stretched out pitchers in the sport right now, I think. And that to me was a successful spring for Arnold.
0: Yeah, no, you take that. Absolutely. I mean, as, as you look around all these camps and you, you see guys who are, you know, a couple of the Mets starters, you know, Jacob deGrom has to miss significant time. Max Scherzer has a, 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 a bulky hamstring, you know, and that's just the Mets for a real quick example. There are guys as we're getting close to the start of the regular season who might end up on the shelf to start the year. And, you know, you, <laughs> you might get in trouble if you say April games are as important as September games, but Banked wins are banked wins, and if you can play, as the Phillies will play the Mets 10 of their 19 times before, I think, the second week in May, if you can bank those wins early, well, that gives you a leg up, and if you're playing against depleted rosters, that gives you that much more of an advantage. So yeah, breaking camp, feeling healthy and feeling good and feeling like you're at full strength, uh, that's got to be a bit of a mood booster, at least around the camp.
1: Yeah, Corey Seidman from uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia and and, uh, the great Phillies Talk podcast, he noted, and it was a great point, it's like, the Phillies at this point were supposed to face Sean Minaya and Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom in the first six games, and they now might face... None of those guys in the first six mm-hmm. games are definitely not facing Manai. He's gotten traded now to San Diego. Yep. I think they are going to see Cole Irvin, old friend Cole Irvin, in oh. the first weekend of the season, which is going to be, he will be Formula fired up great. for that start. I can yeah, assure yeah. you that. And, uh, but, yeah, they might not face Scherzer, although I think there's now a possibility that, like, Max Scherzer makes his Mets debut in game five of the season, which would be Wheeler's uh, season debut, mm-hmm. which would be, uh, I know, you know, we was probably only going three innings, but that could be, uh, that could be a lot of fun. That would be yeah. that Tuesday game five of the season. That could be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. That would be one to circle for sure. At least keep an eye on, um, as we get set to actually play meaningful games for, um, finally the first time of the season. Yeah. I'd, an abbreviated spring and yet it still felt a little too long. I i, I know well, these it's guys because eat...
1: like they would have been five games in the season by now, yeah. right? Not, let's see. It would have been, uh,
0: well, yeah, just yeah, about four. Yeah, they would have played. Maybe. Yeah, 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 they um,
1: would have played. Yeah.
0: So the the, the spring is shortened as it was, still felt a little bit protracted. So it's nice to finally be getting to the point where we're breaking camp, playing games that matter. And as we look at those games that matter, and I, I feel like I need to disclaim this right off the bat, we are not giving you gambling advice. Do not take any of this as <laughs> a reason to go seek out your bookie and lay down a couple of cookies to try and get an action on some of these. We wanted to have
1: props, or if if if, (laughs) if a if a bookmaker is offering offering some of these props, and I I would seriously question the uh, whether you would even ever get paid paid out.
0: There might be a uh, there might be a bigger problem at hand there, but we did select uh, some of your your fan submitted over unders um, for this coming season. Some that we thought were pretty creative. Again, if you don't hear yours and you submitted one, it's coming later this week. Stay tuned. Uh, but we're just going to run through uh, a handful of these, see what we're feeling, see if these things seem realistic, if they're just totally out of left field, um, and if they will help contribute toward a playoff season. I don't know. I, I, I There's no time for me to feel more optimistic about the playoffs than April, so I just need to keep myself in check. R- remind me, just pinch me through the screen if I start talking about the hey, playoffs. Hey, all again things considered.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, all things considered, it could have been a lot worse this spring. That's true. I mean, they're going true. into it uh, feeling feeling pretty good. And uh, hey, take it.
0: So speaking of feeling pretty good, we'll start off with um, the aspect of the game that everybody is focused on. And that's the dingers. Uh, specifically, the big four of Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, uh, Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins. J.G. Andrea has submitted a combined over over under total home run count of 132 for those four. Now the four of them combined had 128 in 2021, which included a couple career years namely for Harper in his second MVP award uh year, Schwarber with his you know probably his best offensive year. Uh is 132 and you can you can buy the the 0.5 on either end of that if you want. Does 132 seem like a realistic target for those four to hit?
1: Yeah, so it's 33 a piece, right? Mm-hmm. on average. Uh, I I will take the under on that, but uh, okay. You know, you 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 gave me the number from last year, and and I think that's good. You're right; there were some career years, but you also have to factor in uh, Shoreburn and Castellano's playing half their games now uh, in Citizens Bank Park, Indeed. which might help them. Uh, but you also have to factor in injury, and all all four of those guys, with the exception of half of Hoskins, were relatively healthy last year and had quite a few played appearances, so. I'll go under, but I think that's a pretty good number uh, that a good line. I appreciate a good line. And I think this is a good line that was set.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. And I'll actually, I'll go with the over just because I think one of them is going to pop 40 and that should take a little bit of stress off the average for the other three. I couldn't tell you which one of them I think is going to hit 40. And this is a good problem to have because any one of them could do it. Um, The point about playing 81, ideally, games in uh the bank is a great thought we've seen what harper can do at home we've seen what reese can do at home when he gets hot you know <laughs> throw Schrober and castellanos in there for a half a season see what they can do I'll, i'm feeling a little bit spicy and i'll take the over maybe not by too much maybe it's a wall scraper but i think one of the four of them at least has a big enough year to really to really carry the day so i'll, I'll, I'll take the over
1: if if you're handicapping out of those four who you think has the best chance to pop like you said mm-hmm. pop 40 or you know have even go even more than that who are you giving the best odds there
0: uh harper just because it feels like he hits the most uh accidental home runs out of the four of them just because of, of strength and i know saying that while kyle schwarber is also in the mix feels like i'm maybe picking the wrong guy but there are a few times where i look at harper take swings and he's just so strong on the follow-through that even if he's a little late on something he almost catches it toward the end of the bat he's still able to get it out to left field. And I feel like if you have that in your bag of tricks and when the need arises, you can just sort of accidentally park one down the opposite field line the way he seems to be able to do, I'd give him the edge.
1: Can you give me a little side bet here? Can you? Would you give me ooh, ooh, okay. f- four to one odds on Hoskins being the guy who hits the most home runs among these four?
0: You know, uh, honestly, I, I'd to like I? it. I, no, look, I I like it. I'm I'm one of those weirdos who's to the far end of the spectrum who really thinks Reese Hoskins is still like a special hitter. And I I I scream it a little less loudly than I used to, but I st- I still think that this guy's combination of approach at the plate and batting eye, and the fact that he is as strong as he is and can you know hit them out to the brick wall in dead center field when he connects and when he gets hot there's maybe no hotter hitter on the planet for the time that he's hot it's just a matter of getting there i i think those are fair odds for him to be the guy who ends up leading this pack he's got st- a stiff competition absolutely but yeah i think he could do it
1: yeah and i think he's gonna hit a little lower in the lineup which might uh lead him to sell out a little more for the power stroke um mm. uh, so i don't know I, I, I find Hoskins interesting, this whole thing, and, and I actually have a story in The Athletic on Monday, uh, it's sort of like a season preview, but really through the eyes of Hoskins, okay. you know, the, the, who has seen just about everything uh, in, in this franchise, and uh, it's kind of amazing what they've assembled around him in the lineup now, and he really is just a supporting cast member, and I think that's a really nice spot for him.
0: Excellent. So when you're listening to this here Monday morning, Monday afternoon, be sure to check for Matt's story on the on The Athletic. Love those teases. <laughs> uh, we'll keep it rolling with the the Dinger over-unders, uh, another one that didn't provide us a half on either end, so you can you can buy that if you choose. Uh, we have an over-under of four instances of back-to-back homers throughout the season involving any of those four from the previous question, Schwerber, Castellanos, Harper, Hoskins, and that's from Philly Facts facts of course spelled with a ph so the over under of four times back to back with just those four hitters in some combination what do you think in there
1: i have no like justification for this but i'll go over i mm-hmm. i wonder i mean there's, the lineups are going to change a lot and but remember one of girardi's biggest things is that he wants to separate he doesn't like having like three righties bat back, back to back to back or he likes to separate lefties so right uh Harper being in the middle of this, like I, I kind of like this because two of those guys are going to hit around Harper most likely in front and behind. Uh, and so uh, I kind of, I kind of like this. I like the over on this.
0: And so I, it, it, this is a, a kind of a tough one to guess because back to backs are, they, they just feel like they're their own thing and they decide to appear when they appear, regardless of how good the two hitters are in any, on any given day. So I think I'll take the under maybe just three times it'll happen, but I do want to come back to what you were just saying as a little bit of a tangent with regard to the lineup changing, assuming everybody's healthy, you know, and there isn't a lot of up and down and and personnel shifting on, on the back end of the roster and anything like that. You get the sense that things might be flipped around a little bit, maybe not necessarily just for performance reasons. Maybe guys are looking better, you know, from week to week and Girardi wants to give it a little bit of a scramble or is it just because that's kind of what we've been seeing out of Girardi regardless of who it's been for the past couple of years and why expect that to change given all the evidence
1: I think a lot of match matchup related okay uh, depending on who they're facing obviously left right maybe a certain type of lefty a certain type of righty you could see him do some different things uh, I I think Schwarber's gonna that lead off the most. I, I, okay. I don't know. Um, Charlie, you know, he he's used him a lot up there this spring, so I think that's as good of a hint as any, even though he has declined to expound on that when asked about it. Uh, so I, I think you will see him try to do different things. Like I think the two hole is a spot where you might see him try different things, because like, they have a couple guys who fit there. I mean, sure Bryce, if you really think about it. I mean, I think you want mm-hmm. Bryce batting a little lower, but. Schwarber lefty is batting lead off. You you know, you're thinking uh, Hoskins or Real Muto or even Segura. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of options there.
0: For sure. And uh, bringing up Schwarber is is a nice segue because our third and final home run related prop for this particular segment focuses on Kyle Schwarber. And this comes from uh, one of our friends at Baseball Prospectus, and actually one of my good friends, Nick underscore BPSS. It's Nick Schaefer. Uh, over-under on the team rank for Kyle Schwarber in home runs at two and a half.
1: What do you got on this, Paul?
0: I've got the over. I think he'll finish uh, second to Hoskins, and I think he'd finish a little bit ahead of Bryce. I think if Hoskins has the best chance of cracking 40, and let's say for this he does, then I think Schwarber's a good bet to get mm, 34, 35. I think we might see... About the usual for price. So like low 30s, 31, 32. Castellanos will probably be nipping at somebody's heels right around there. He seems like he's a good bet for high 20s, 30, 31. But I think he'll be fourth. And honestly, like being fourth among that group, I'm gonna need to say this a few times, I'm sure. That's no insult. And I would be pleasantly surprised. Well, actually, no, I would not at all be surprised if that order is just completely different. So I'll say over and I, I'll 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 say second place.
1: I'll take the under. I think Castellanos is like the real wild card here. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like they get one more, like, real peak, peak Castellanos year. Uh, I think Citizens Bank Park uh, is a nice place for him, even though he was hitting, you know, in Cincinnati, which is maybe even a better place to hit. But, uh, yeah, maybe. I, I, I like Castellanos to be in the top two and then somebody else. So I just like my chances of, uh, Schwarber being under, but this is a good one. I like this. I like this one a lot. And because Schwarber might be batting leadoff, uh, you know, more plate appearances, uh, more chances to hit home runs, etc. So you play the odds uh, by having him over, but I'll go under two and a half and hope that Bryce does Bryce things and Castellanos does one more prime Castellanos here.
0: And continuing with the wonderful segue, speaking of Bryce doing Bryce things, the first over-under in our, our second grouping of over-unders as it relates to playing time and uh, the defense, but in, in a lighter perspective and not really focusing so much on how bad it could be, but rather what it's going to look like. Uh, we have uh, PhilShirt365 who submitted two interesting over-unders that work in kind of a tandem. The first one is the over-under for games started by Bryce in center field at 0.5. Now, he had three games started there in 2020, but that's really the only action he's seen he there as a member of the Philly. Yeah. I,
1: have I don't really remember them either.
0: Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's there on his baseball reference log and baseball reference is the Bible. So that's the source I'm going to cite there. So there's Bryce over under 0.5 starting in center field. The tandem to go with that is Nick Castellanos at third base also pegged over under 0.5. He has had no appearances there of any kind since 2017. So what are we thinking there?
1: Under for me on both. Under on and both. And this is not. Okay. This is somewhat reported. Um. So I'm I, maybe I'm cheating, but I I would be stunned if we saw Bryce Harper in center field. Stunned. Now Castellanos at third. I could see him getting there in a game, in a, if you know where weird stuff happens, I don't see him starting a game. So I think that yeah. was the prompt. Yes. It was. Will he start a game? I definitely could see Castaneda's in some freakish thing having to get to third base somehow. Um, he does do infield work every day. It's just his weird way. He just really enjoys it. Hmm. Obviously he, he was a third baseman at one point, but uh, <laughs> I'm looking up right now the games that Bryce played center field. Oh yeah. Wh- when were they? What were they? Well, <laughs> one of them was the Kyle garlic right field game. Oh boy. there. Okay. <laughs> that at city field where garlic really botched a ball. Bryce was in center that day. There's another one. Let's see at home against Boston where, Oh my where Phil Goslin was the right fielder. Uh, Lord. And there's another one at Miami where again, Phil was in right field. So yeah, Bryce had each time he moved off of center in the game, but yeah, he started three games in center. And I know he's played there before with nationals earlier in his career, but sure. Uh, I, I I I don't I don't see that happening. Always I don't nice even deep. see him going to left field. Like I, he wants mm. to be where he is. Like that's where he is. And I was actually thinking about this. Like this would be the team. Remember, I don't know if you recall a couple of springs ago. It was actually Sam Fold when he was on the coaching staff when Gabe's first spring, they would flip the left fielder and the right fielder. Uh depending on who was up. You know, if there was a Oh yeah a hitter, they were playing trends and tendencies and uh, like, I don't even think they would do that because I think Bryce really would just like to stay in right field. Wow,
0: man. That, so many flashbacks just there. It's, it's this always would be nice the to outfield.
1: hear. This would be the outfield to do it. Right. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not that Bryce is like demonstrably better than whoever's going to be left, but he's better.
0: Sure. No, I'd agree with that. I, I look, I I'm keeping an open mind about everything outfield related at this point, just because it almost feels like none of the candidates really have <laughs> any, any kind of center field pedigree i mean playing time aside none of them feels like a center field you don't look at any of them on a roster and think yes that's a center fielder even as big a matt Vierling fan as i am like i don't i don't think a matt Vierling is a center fielder i get that he's putting in the work and that he's he's improving there but it doesn't compute in my mind it doesn't no it doesn't strike me like you know Shane Victorino, center fielder. You know, like it's just one of those, it's one of those kind of weird, intangible things. Um, so I will are say, you willing,
1: are you willing to take a little risk here and and uh, and go over on either one of these or no?
0: The, the tough part is that it is game started, and I think it's important to to look at that right because, yeah, I'm with you. I think in one of these really weird games that we're bound to see somewhere in the middle of the summer, where it's like seventeen to four. By the seventh inning or whatever, then yeah, we'll probably see Castellanos shift over there or something. Give some. Couple a guys down.
1: get hurt or something. Yeah, yeah. like oh, yeah. that's
0: that seems very likely. But started, I don't know. I I, I get flashbacks sometimes, um, and and these are mostly induced by um, uh, Johnny Heller, who um, on Twitter every once in a while will throw up a graphic of a lineup card from the. Carlos Santana's Dribble Cabrera era where (laughs)
1: Carlos Santana at third base.
0: (laughs) You know, you just you see those things and you're like, what really is impossible? What 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 really cannot happen if you if you put your mind to it? And so I look at that and I'm like, well, okay, if Bryce doesn't really want to move, then okay, he won't start in center field. (laughs) But you know what? God, if Castellanos is taken in field and if something weird happens in it, you know, in the game or prior game, maybe there's a double header and something strange happens. I don't well, if know.
1: Somebody, no, if somebody gets hurt. Somebody is sort of hurt and they can't uh-huh. play the field, uh-huh. so they have to DH. So that means that Schwarber has there to play you go. left there you and go. that they need to, and they want to get Castellanos in the library. Like put him a third for the first few innings of the game. We'll move him off there, but we want to keep, you know, player X. I, I don't know. Like JT is like kind of banged up, but you know, we wanted the DH. We can get him, you know, we can, he can't catch, but he can hit. There you go. I just came up with the with the Castellanos plays five innings of third base, starting the game.
0: It's like one of those um, one of those three by three slide puzzles that you see so often on Survivor, where you have to just slide them around within the <laughs> grid until they all align. I feel like that's what the defense is going to be on those days. But bringing things back before we ruin another one of your wonderful segues, the last person we want to talk about in terms of playing time is actually a really critical one, and it's um, a little less fun to think about the possibilities here just because, you know, depth is an issue at this position again, as it has been for what feels like nigh on infinity at this point. Uh, Our friend from Phillies nation, Destiny Ligardo is wondering, are we taking over under 115 games started at catcher by JT real Muto who had 130 starts in 2019, but only 112 last year, who's getting a little bit older now, who's done a lot of catching in his career and with the DH and the NL full time seems like a bit of a stretch so 115 is the line what are you thinking
1: some people who are saying these lines like destiny hello destiny are really revealing themselves as, as, as not degenerates because they, they really should be 115 <laughs> and a half you can't have a push here but right, <laughs> right I am first. taking I am taking the under Ooh. Uh, Ooh. 115s a lot yeah it's a lot under it's a lot of games caught there was only one catcher who got to 120 last year i think that was sal perez yeah um jt uh has done this before i just uh i think with the dh plus factor in let's say two weeks with an injury uh I- i'll just take under i think he'll be like close to 110 like i'm not taking real under I- i'm just taking under 115 I, th- I just think it's a it's a big number it's too big
0: Sure. I, I mean, it, it is, it's two thirds of a season. And I think we talked about this last week or, or maybe even in episode one about JT and how important it's going to be for him to stay on the field. And And you think about it in terms of, okay, yes, you want JT on the field as much as possible. And really if you take a step back and think about it, if it means he's DHing and staying fresh in between, you know, time squatting behind the plate. Okay, fine. But the, the other half of this, the the yang to the yin of this whole situation is that that means and this is another topic entirely. and We're talking about 50 games of Garrett Stubbs or whoever else is the next and, one. Up. And this and, and
1: that would be the sole reason oof. for taking you over is that you basically you just believe that Girardi is pinned in and will just lean on him, and and that's not a bad bet.
0: He might, yeah, he really might. So I I I think mm. it, it is a good line. It, it is a good line. I think 115 or 114 a half, 115.5, whatever your direction you want to go in. It's a good target. I'll take the over and I think it'll be somewhere in the low 120s. Um, I hope he stays healthy. I, I hope he's healthy enough to make that work, you know to to make 20 starts a month catching because um, hes he's really important, man. It's really important to have him on the field even if he's not you know 2019 offensive JT anymore he, he doesn't need to be. as long as that defense stays as good as it is, if the offense is just what it was last year, maybe even a tick below it's fine by me, you know, he, he, what he gives you in other assets of the game is just, it's really so valuable. And with all due respect to Garrett Stubbs, who I do not know, and have only barely watched, he's not JT. And I would rather have JT in there for as much as I can, if it's my team. So am I wish casting maybe a little, but he's shown durability before. If he had a good off season of, you know, therapy slash rehab to get his legs right hopefully his his hand is still fine he looked like he's swinging a good bat so far in the spring so his, his hand wouldn't be bothering him from that you know last spring lingering injury um then yeah okay i'll, I'll take the over and, and sit in the low 120s
1: i think we need to have a whole therapy session for philly's fans regarding their backup catchers
0: oh boy yeah because people
1: are scarred people we are do. scarred and it's only because, like, and it's really no terrible. slight of Andrew Knapp. It was because he got thrust into so many big pinch hit situations. Oh my god, every managing. time, yeah, <laughs> every time, Matt, two, every two time. Two managers. It wasn't just Gabe. It was Gabe and Joe. I just, and uh, I think people are gonna like Garrett Stubbs. He's scrappy. He's I like really him. Small. Yeah, he's tiny. He's um, just... he uh, he does he does some things. Like I think he'll be fine. You're like. I don't know. Like, were you scarred? Like, did you hate Paul Baco? Like he's to me, no. he's like a little better Paul Baco.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't hate Paul Baco. You know, it, it's, you know who Garrett Stubbs reminds me of. And, and again, that, talking about him at, you know, in contrast to JT room, I mean, everybody's going to end up on the losing side of that. So I yes. I really, truly have nothing against Garrett Stubbs. He reminds me of um, another player I like who's, you know, kind of light in the bat, but has, a good defensive reputation who I was kind of hoping not as a top offseason target, but that the Phillies would look into is, is Tony Walters who is last with yes, the yes. Cubs, I think, but spent a lot Similar of time with profile the profile
1: because they both, cause Stubbs can play in the field. Like he's mm-hmm. played in the outfield. He can play, I mm-hmm. think he plays some infield too. Yeah. And so, Walters is the same way, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I think he's got a little bit of experience in that it's um, you know, it, it's not the best kind of situation offensively um, especially lately. I think the numbers were, Pretty ugly for Walters. He might have even spent all of last year in AAA. As we even go even further down this tangent road, um, but anyway. Speaking, re-
1: speaking of Andrew Knapp, he did not make the Reds.
0: He didn't what? Mm, the did stripped down the brass tax Reds. He couldn't crack but the roster.
1: Spencer Howard made the Rangers. Oh, that's good uh vince velasquez made the white Sox. he got a guaranteed okay. deal so he was on. Yeah. i think he's in the rotation i think he's there six they're gonna go six starters oh lance lynn got hurt so yeah vince is definitely in the rotation mm-hmm. that's right uh it sounds like roman Quinn is making the marlins really i'm trying to think of old friends i think corey alfaro is gonna make the padres oh definitely uh, yeah yeah he had he's a he's really on, good right? spring i yeah. think jared Eichhoff is making the pirates roster
0: stop it that's where he is yeah
1: yeah yeah <laughs> man, they're, they're i'm just thinking about over, well, i was man. looking up yeah i was looking up some former obviously like uh michael franco and cesar hernandez are on gonna the be, Nats. Yeah. yeah we're gonna see you know phillies are gonna see a lot of them For sure uh which is funny um yeah there's quite a few former phillies sprinkled all over i'm just trying to think of random recent phillies well, while, while you made me think about that,
0: while, while you continue mining the depths of that knowledge, we'll move on to the uh, semi related to playing time portion of things uh, in thinking about the bullpen. And, you know, speaking of things we need therapy for, <laughs> we have a couple of over unders that were submitted with regard to bullpen performance, focusing on one player in particular for one of them. And the full bullpen unit as a whole for another. So we'll start with the individual player. And it's somebody who is very high on both of our watch lists. We've talked about him previously. Um, But he comes with serious uh, injury risk. And that is Sir Anthony Dominguez. Makarov, with two underscores, has an over-under on the number of stints on the injured list by Sir Anthony Dominguez this year at 1.5. And I'll toss this one to you first, because I'm interested what you have to say. Remember, of course, Sir Anthony was out from early June 2019 until the very last game of the year last year, October 2021, uh, recovering from Tommy John and and I think other injuries uh, suffered along the way. He's come into camp looking good body wise. His stuff has apparently hit the upper 90s with this fastball already. It looks like it has good life. He seems like he's ready to go to start the year. But when you're out for that long, you can't help but feel like you're kind of on pins and needles about the whole thing. So 1.5 stints on the I.L. for Sir Anthony over or under.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is tough because they're going to have to manage him somehow, right? Like he's not going to even if he's really, really good, he's not going to be on the active roster from April 1 to September 30. Wouldn't I think just so. don't I don't mm-hmm. I don't see it um you know he only pitched about a month last season he only faced three batters in the big leagues and we're not talking about like he just missed one season he's missed about two and a half seasons so they're gonna have to manage it somehow and so i'm going to guess that you know if he even if he doesn't get hurt they're gonna have to put him on the aisle at least once you know come up with some sort of you know fatigue or something like that just for management Uh, yeah yeah um it's
0: okay. It so happens. We all know it it's happens. It's hard
1: to, yeah, it's hard not to take the over on this. But, you know, I guess if you take the under, it's, it's like a, it's like a, um, it, it, it's because he suffers like a, a, a bad injury or something. And it, it keeps right. him out for a while. Right. An extended absence. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'll go over, like they try to use it, you know, to manage his workload. Maybe he has like a minor injury and then he has like a fatigue IL stint. Uh, I'll take over one and a half.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's really what it comes down to. I'll take the over also. Uh, I he's going to spend time there. I, I think for the reasons you mentioned, either he does actually get hurt a couple of times, or um, they find a way to to give him a little bit of a breather for a couple of weeks in the middle of the season. I think that latter part is really ideal. If we can keep it, we if they can keep it to a couple of small stints sprinkled in. Then okay, yeah, you hit the over here, but you also find a way to um, keep him in games, keep his arm healthy, make sure you know whatever surgically repaired isn't falling apart, and that he's actually maintaining his stuff, and you're not overburdening him, and you're not putting too much stress on everything. So in in a strange way, I'm kind of rooting for over one and a half because it does feel like that's that's a mitigation strategy that you actually keep him from overheating and actually find a way to keep him pitching in meaningful games as the summer progresses. So it feels kind of weird to, I wouldn't say I'm rooting for that. I hope the guy stays healthy all year. Absolutely. Like that, that should go without saying, but if that's, if the way to keep him effective and managed without risking blowing out his arm again is to put him on the shelf for a couple of weeks at a time, you know, every five, six weeks, whatever it ends up being then. Well, yeah, of course i take that.
1: I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Former Philly, Joely Rodriguez. He's a Met now. We're going to oh, see we got him one. one. He got, oh, he just got traded, right? Yeah. Yo, Ellie. I,
0: you know, it, it's a brief tangent about Joely Rodriguez. I, I, I find it strange that some of these high stuff lefties that the Phillies have had, you know, over the past few years, going back to the likes of Jake Diekman and Mario Hollins, you know, these guys who not talking about Hobie Milner, the guys who come out of the pen from the left-hand side who just, who seem like they've got stuff. And then for whatever reason, the Phillies don't keep them around or they seem to flame out. And now we have guys like joelly Rodriguez having this little bit of a late career resurgence. He was up with Pittsburgh recently. Right. And, and looked decent. Yankees. Diekman, he signed
1: like a two-year major league contract.
0: Yeah. Deepin looked, looked good. For most high of Bloom, time high and Bloom
1: loves the high and blooms carrying. Texas. I think they're going to carry uh, Jake Diekman and Austin Davis, the Red Sox to start the season.
0: Austin Davis. See, there's another one. Yeah, like Austin. Da- I liked Austin Davis coming up. I thought he was a serviceable lefty. And then he just kind of got shellacked. I don't know. <laughs> like he, another one who just sort of like needed to be shuffled off. And he did. And, you know, he's found another home. Good for him, of course. I don't know what my point is.
1: Tyler Gilbert was a lefty, I a Phillies lefty. I mean, he's not really a stuffed guy. He threw a no-hitter.
0: Uh, yes, first career start, no-hitter. Excellent. I mean, good for him, but that was like, come on. Are you serious? Super cool.
1: Super cool. He's a good guy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, get, Getting ourselves back on topic. Uh, one more bullpen over-under, and that's for the uh, bullpen as a unit. The over-under on, you guessed it, blown saves. This one comes in for Metal Man 826, and the line for blown saves is set at 29 and a half. There were 34 of them last year. So in a way, 29 and a half seems pretty rosy. What do you think about that number? Over. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a big number and I, you're probably, if you, you're, the under is probably the right side. Okay. Like, and I, I'm saying that in all seriousness, the under is probably the right side. Cause that's a big number. You know, last year the number that they had that set a record. So yeah, it was bad. You know, you're shaving, you know, four off of that, and you hit the you hit the under. So or shave five off that, you hit the under. So I, I think uh, I'm going to go the over just to. I, I don't know. I think the bullpen is going to be a mess. <laughs> I really do. It's just going to be a mess. I mean, does... I'm not. It's not funny. It's just it's going to be. I think it's going to be a mess. Uh,
0: I mean, it does seem like part of it hangs by a thread, right? Like Corey Canables looked good. Familias really look, good. Canable's K- you know.
1: throwing the ball better than anyone He Can. Yeah. Like he yeah. he's he's been really good. Really, I mean, really fam- good.
0: Familia's looked like Familia. I mean, we've we've seen him pitch with the Mets. He's got a nice fastball and decent stuff, but is you can't, can't count on him from adding the outing. And then things just start getting a little weird, especially toward the back end now, where we've got all sorts of guys in the 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 churn zone of the 40 man who are either hurt or you know in in some potentially unfortunate cases having to leave the team uh, for personal reasons, like James Norwood. Uh, If you have to toss some of these guys out to keep things fresh for the rest of them, because you don't have a Hector right now, you don't have somebody who you can reliably turn to for 80 appearances and be like, okay, we have reasonable confidence that this is going to get done. You just have to throw some of these lower end guys, especially now when they're going to be carrying, 25 pitchers to start the year, whatever, 18, I think, of the expanded or some 16. 16. Well, they going
1: probably gonna be 15. They'll carry 15.
0: 15, whatever, yeah. 15, 25, it's, it's all the same. But when they, when they carry so many relief pitchers, some of them might find their way into a game out of necessity. Maybe it'll be close. Hopefully it won't be, but maybe it'll be close. And then, oopsie, there's another one.
1: The yeah, whole, I just think all the walks, like these guys, you know, you have big stuff yeah. guys, but you have... There's gonna be a lot of base runners, and like the, I guess the key to this is gonna be like whether they get enough strikeouts with the runners on base. But because of all the base runners that they're gonna be having on base here in the late innings, uh, I'll just, I'll go the over. But uh, maybe it works.
0: Yeah, the the walks are definitely a concern. I, I think that's something to keep an eye on as uh, as the whole unit goes through. So I'll uh, I'll begrudgingly say over again too. I hope it's not 34 again. But it does feel like it does feel like it's gonna start with a three. I don't love it. I mean, it, the but... key
1: might be how, you know how many games do you think Knable finishes, and that, and that's a really yeah. important number for the 2022 Phillies. You know, he he has only pitched like 39 innings in the last two years, or something like that, regular mm-hmm. season innings. And so, you know, you're like, okay, you start looking at it realistically. Uh, he's motivated. He's in great shape. He's throwing the ball well how many games can this guy finish? And I think that if you, if you're a big believer in him, then you're probably taking the under here on blown saves.
0: Mm. I'm going to stretch the segue streak a little bit, just to keep it alive for you and say, speaking of finishes, let's think about the year as a whole and what (laughs) things are going to look like at the end of that year. You you see what I'm doing here? We have a couple, we have a couple of submissions for over unders. Um, on season totals and a more particular case an awards race. We'll start with that awards race and it relates to uh, Bryson Stott who is far and away uh, the prospect slash minor leaguer slash non 2021 regular that this fan base is most excited about. I think that's not a particularly close race. Um, CT 123192 has an over under for Bryson Stott's finish in NL rookie of the year voting at the end of the year at the top 3.5. So over would be third place and better under would be fourth place and lower. Alec Bohm, of course, was second in 2020. And Reese Hoskins was fourth in 2017 for recent Rookie of the Year pedigree. But there are a lot of rookies coming up in both leagues this year, and it might be a tough competition. So for Bryson Stott, top 3.5 and Rookie of the Year voting over or under.
1: So the, the AL one is loaded. I mean, like the AL Rookie yeah. of the Year is going to be like the best rookie of the year race we've seen in years
0: it's crazy yeah
1: the nl1 i don't know like uh you've got suzuki with the cubs right he'll count uh everyone's talking about cj abrams in padres camp and he might be the guy i would pick right now if i'm picking a preseason rookie of the year uh, Joey Bart You got the whole narrative Like if the Giants do well Voters will probably look at You know Oh if he has a good year Like oh you know Steps in Posey's shoes And you know They don't skip mm-hmm. a beat Etc Pirates already sent out O'Neill Cruz He'll probably be up Soon um, Hunter Green Starting the year On the big league roster With the Reds So that's That's a good competitor His rotation uh, mate Nick
0: Lodolo I think is going to be In the mix too
1: Yeah I will go. I will go. uh, I'll go. Well, I'll say he finishes in the top three. So, whatever. What do we want to say? Is that over or under? I guess that would be. Oh, that's a good point. Under because it's a lower number, let's say. I'll say he finishes third. I don't know who finishes first and second. I I like CJ Abrams. I think CJ Abrams is going to win. If if I had to pick a guy right now, he's my pick for rookie of the year. Um, I think Stop finishes in the top three.
0: Yeah, CJ Abrams seems like he's going to be very exciting. I think the NL West is is going to house most of those rookies. I think um, maybe Benny Montgomery from the Rockies would be up. I'm not sure what his timeline is looking like. No, nah, but he, he's
1: he's far away. Is he farther away? I kid. I can uh, never
0: he was remember how old he is. Um, okay, so he's not a contender for this year.
1: Brennan Davis, Cubs. Like he's Brennan with the Cubs. Yep. Uh, people like, uh, people like the idea of Prowler just going on and bring up Mackenzie Gore at some point. I think, but you well, know, some of these guys got to get up. They have to get yeah. up. You know, in the first, you know, six to eight weeks of the season, really, to have a shot. Right? I mean, you got to yeah, be up by, You got to generally be up by June one and have think, a
0: shot. And this. Having this at having this at three and a half, it it leaves room for Stott to creep into that top three. I think the first name he brought up and say Suzuki is probably the odds on favor just because he's an established professional player and, you know, brings all that experience and is far older than a lot of these other guys. And yeah, he absolutely projects to be an everyday fixture in their lineup and should, if he performs like they expect him to probably win this award, but then it leaves two spots. Uh, I, I, I like Abrams. I do think he's, he's got a lot of potential and he'll rack up some playing time, especially with Tatis out to start the year. Uh, I don't know enough about him to really know how I feel about his chances to put up the counting numbers that uh, folks who are voting on these would look at for rookie of the year. And I also wonder if Alec Bohm is going to play well enough to delay this ah. a little bit longer, right? Because maybe Alec Kitts like we're expecting him to, he hasn't exactly put that up in, in spring just yet. So that's, you know, not the most well-founded argument at this stage of the spring, but spring stats are not major league stats. What if Alec comes out hot? What if he, you know, looks, I'll say competent at third base. I know he made a couple of nice plays in one of the games earlier this week. Um, Not that that necessarily means more against the body of work he put up last year, but if he plays well enough, he's gonna, he's gonna delay this decision because stott is not on the 40 man they're not going to bring him up just to be a part-time player and get a a pinch hit appearance every game they got to find playing time for him sure he can play around the infield but if bone plays well all right well third base is is not a regular spot for him you know he's not going to take APs away from segura in all likelihood he's not going to play first base dd well you know maybe there's an opening there i think playing time is a concern Beyond that, I don't really have such strong feelings about the rest of the NL field that makes me think, oh, no, he's definitely out, or oh, yeah, he's definitely in. I think he could I think he could sneak in there. I could see a top three finish, so I'll... What, what did we decide it was? Under? For yeah. three? Yeah.
1: So you know what? Yeah,
0: I'll go under. I, I think we'll have another top
1: three here with him. It's Sunday night. We're taping this. Yes. Uh, opening day is in less than a week. I- I've talked to a lot of people about third pace And like, I, I sit here and like my best answer is like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And it's cause I don't think that they, uh, I don't know. There, there's a lot of scenarios they're still thinking about. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I really thought it would have been resolved by now. And I think because it hasn't, I think that is indicative of the fact that they are, this is, this is a tough one. This is a tough one.
0: Well, with all the pitching injuries and and everything that's mounting up on the back end there and the complication that's added on top of this with Stott not already having a spot on the 40-man roster, you'd have to figure to boot somebody else off. You're creeping more and more into the zone where they're a somewhat viable major league contributor, right? Donnie Sands, yeah. I think, is yeah. still on, so maybe maybe he's the guy you turn to next. But then you start thinking about some of the bullpen arms. I, I feel like the org thinks Ryan Sheriff is going to contribute and will probably be reluctant to, to part ways with him. There are other guys maybe like James MacArthur who could provide length at some point, you know, if, if fatigue is an issue early on in the season, as we get into late April, early May, it gets tougher to find room for him. And there seems to be no obvious restricted list or 60 day IL candidates. I mean, assuming everything with Norwood turns out, okay. Uh, so there's no, no but easy if, you, fix. if you
1: No, there's not. But if you think that Bryson Stott is your best option for third base and you find that room. roster stuff is secondary. Yeah. Correct. Then you find room. it might be hard. It might be something tough to swallow, but like if that is your decision, then like, you know, 40 man stuff is not going to be what holds you back. In my opinion,
0: mm-hmm. we'll hearken back to the early days of uh, this segment and think back to dingers again, but this time from a full team perspective, we talked about the big four boppers and how they may or may not exceed 132 home runs combined. But as a complete unit, will the Phillies top 219 and a half team home runs? And that comes from not quite special.
1: So the club record is 224.
0: That would be very close to a record. Yeah.
1: 2009.
0: They could. Different, different they ball,
1: could. different run environment.
0: Well, yeah, the humidor thing. Mm.
1: Yeah. Do we know what? I mean, I've read Eno about it a lot at The Athletic, and I, I don't. He's skeptical about it having a huge impact in most ballparks, but uh, if you're taking the over here, you're banking on them being like a, you know, prop, you know a historical Phillies offense in terms of home run hitting, and that's not a bad bet to be making because you look at this roster and you say, yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. uh, uh, I'll take the over.
0: Yeah, the, he, here's what I don't want this to be, right? I don't want this to be a season where we need the offense to be record-setting in order to have a chance. I don't want it to be that we need to set this home run record, this franchise home run record for a single season. Do I want them to hit 250 home runs this year? Yeah, of course. Do I want them to challenge the the Twins from a couple years ago with their 300 or whatever it was? Yeah, of course. Do I want that to be the only way they win some of these games is if they all stay healthy and average 40 home runs a (laughs) piece instead of 30? No, because that's not viable. That's not a way to get through a season. So I want this to happen, but I want it to happen in the context of other things going right. I know that's not fair to this particular prop bet, but I look at this number and it seems like so much because it is like you mentioned that number comes so close to it. It's come so close to being a franchise record. This franchise has been around 150 years. You know, not that they were hitting a lot of home runs in the early 1900s, but it would be a huge mark. Well, (laughs) it would be a huge mark. I, I want it. Of course I want it. I love dingers. I love home runs so much. Do I think they'll get it? I'm going to, I'm going to say yes, just because like, why, why the hell not? Right? Like if the NL has the DH, you can rotate guys in and out, keep them fresh. Uh, Ideally you avoid the, the, the blown tire or or somebody just getting, you know, overtired, or maybe they're not quite up to full strength from the shortened spring and strange off season. And that could stand in their way. You know, some of the depth that's behind some of these guys is not exactly known for its power. You know, if you're, if you're counting on Matt Vierling to pick up some of the outfield home run slack, if Schwarber has to miss some time, or if you're looking at Ronnie Tiraeus and picking up some of the home run slack, if Didi has to miss time, like uh, I don't think that's going to be very successful. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay rosy with it, and I'm gonna say yeah, and I'm gonna say they're going to challenge that franchise record. And no, I'm not going to keep going and say they're going to hit 300, but I, I I'd like to see a number in the high 220s, maybe crack 230. I think that'd be great.
1: And they absolutely well, use the roster to do it. You just gave me in your explanation there. You just gave me the even more of a reason to take the over. Did I last year? They had 303 plate appearances from pitchers, one home mm. run. Mm. The Phillies have never played a full season in their 135 ish years with a the DH.
0: Mm. There you it's,
1: go. I mean, so setting that franchise record, it, it is a big number, but. You look at this roster, you consider that there'll be a full-time DH for 162 games. Uh Give me the over. And even, in fact, I will say they set a record. Ooh, I, say, I don't go. know. They're not going to set a franchise record for runs scored. I think it's like an obscene number because it was like back in the 19th century, right? It was like...
0: I don't recall off the top of my head.
1: 1894, but... they yeah, scored okay. 1,179 runs, and it was... The... Must the OG have been Billy real, Hamilton days,
0: yeah. Yeah, it must okay. have
1: been a hell of a year at the Baker Bowl. <laughs> the they weren't they weren't even at the Baker Bowl that yet. they
0: were at the <laughs> what was that like Shide Park? Probably. No,
1: no, no. They were at the okay. Philadelphia Baseball Grounds. Yeah, oh, sure. sure where that that's that uh, I'll I'll give them a franchise record this year. They'll break the franchise record for home runs because of the way the roster is, but also just because there's a DH.
0: There we go. And so all of this coming together. All of these rose-colored glasses overs that we've been taking, all of this amounts to what seems like it would be a pretty damn successful season. But we need to put a number on that. And so Georgia Delphia has kindly submitted an over-under of wins for the 2022 Philadelphia Phillies at 84.5, a robust 84.5. Matt, are you going over or under that?
1: I think books have been shading this number up a little bit of late.
0: Like I would I think not be surprised. It's
1: gotten closer to eighty-five. I think some books have it 85 and eighty-five and a half. I I don't know. God.
0: the The pitching <laughs> the pitching is a concern.
1: It is, but you look at the Mets and they have some real concerns right That's now. That's true. That's true. Uh, the Marlins, as we were making, as we were discussing this podcast, made what I think is like an a, 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 an excellent trade. Like they traded for two Orioles, really. They also got Cole Sulser in that deal. Okay. And like those guys are like Tanner Scott and Cole Sulser, and they're not like they're just like really solid middle relievers. That helps them. That was like their weakest unit. The Marlins are going to be sneaky.
0: They uh, always are, man, and not just in an annoying way this year. I actually agree with you. Like they're they're going to be sturdy.
1: Give me over. Uh, oh, you sound I, so I've, happy about it. I've just, no, because I just I don't know. Uh, like I've discussed this with other people, and like I think the Phillies uh every team has you know a, a very wide range of expected outcomes going into the season i think the phillies have such a wide range the way they're constructed like you can it's not hard to close your eyes and see this going so well mm-hmm. you know everything just clicks they overcome some of the the flaws they have they they pitch well they hey the rotation on paper is the best rotation they've had going into a season since 2011 i think i do Maybe I'm being harsh. Maybe I'm
0: focused too much on the bullpen and ignoring what the rotation could do. I, I, do I you disagree me, with me?
1: Do you disagree with me? Well, all right. So let, let's think about this, right? I if guess we maybe comp- say 2012 if you want. Like you, you had, you we could. didn't know that we didn't know that Holiday was cooked.
0: Right. Right. Uh, and just going 13 season. through 16. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I could get there. I could get there. I. If they're all healthy, yes. Top five, they're solid. They're five solid major league starting pitchers, which I think is a lot more than you could say for a lot of those other teams. So yes, maybe my concerns about, you know, Wheeler's health at the start of things and Eflin's legs coming into the spring and whether Suarez was going to be able to get stateside in enough time to ramp up for the season, maybe those ended up being overblown. And you know what? Great. I'm, I'm always happy to be proven wrong when it goes in that direction. So if they keep all five of those guys together for as much of the season as they can, and they won't make every start, we we already know that that's not how baseball works these days. If they keep those guys together, I, I think they might be able to pitch their way deeper into games to mitigate some of the potential shakiness that the bullpen is probably going to give you. So Yeah. All right. I'll meet you there. I could see this rotation as being the best they've had in the last 10 years. And maybe that's what propels them and keeps them, you know, in games, those nights when the offense is not the one carrying the load, not, not the part of the team that, that, that shoulders the burden as they will certainly be asked to do on a number of nights. So, you know, I'm going to take the over and rather comfortably. I think if everything goes right. And again, this is just staying consistent with, some of the other things we've been saying along, you know, this past hour, if everything goes right, health stays pretty good. They don't need to rely too much on on, you know, the lower quadrant of depth at the forty man roster. They could push ninety. I don't know if they'll crack ninety. I think eighty eight is the number I'm thinking of. And in this expanded postseason field, that should definitely be enough to get a ticket to one of the short rounds.
1: So my the counter is that, like, it's very easy to imagine this going badly. Yes. Bryce yes. gets hurt. Wheeler is hurt. Uh, some of the hitters just kind of regress. You know, Kyle Schwarber two years ago, not great. Yeah, not great. Uh, Kyle Schwarber last year, terrific. Uh, there's a there's a scenario in which this just goes terribly for them. Uh, so I will take the over. I, I'm not taking it comfortably. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I think 85, 86, it's like right there, like 84, 85, 86, something right there probably gets them to succeed. And, and it, it, I think it's a good number that I think the line is a good number. Uh, I don't know.
0: It's just, you know what this season is, you know what this is shaping up to be. It's looking like more of the same in that this is a roster like we've seen over the last couple of years that could win anywhere from 75 to 85 games. But the key difference here is that this team could win those games and even sometimes lose those games in a way that's so much more fun than any of those other rosters <laughs> could have true. imagined. No, it's true. It's just not comparable. They're
1: going to be entertaining. Yeah, yes. I mean, like they're going to be entertaining. I think we've talked about that. And, and I, I do, I really do believe that. Um, I do believe that. I got one more thing for you. Okay, Lane on me. Victor Arano, probably making the Nationals.
0: Amazing. I loved him. Oh, I thought that guy was going to be on the Phillies for a long time when he was up. He
1: had a great year. I, I The years blend together now. I don't remember what year it was. What year was this great year? Was it 18? Four, uh,
0: I was going to say like.
1: 18. Six. Yeah, was it was, 18? He had a 2-7-3 in 59 innings that year. 60 strike 60 you know? strikeouts, 17 walks.
0: Yeah, and, and he's got a well he had. I don't know what he looks like now because he hasn't been in no majors in three years, but yeah. he had a great slider. Oh yeah. I thought that pitch was gonna carry him. I
1: think he's <laughs> that's going good. To I'm make I'm happy for Nationals. him. Yeah. I'm happy so for him. So there you it. go. Well, that's our last uh, rebuild Philly
0: <laughs> check for him. Yeah, he was he was dinged up pretty bad, I think last I heard. So that's that's actually a bit of good news. I'm very happy for him.
1: The Nationals, you could make a great team, a really great team of players now who have played both for the Phillies and Nationals. Like I feel like that was a thing, like when the Phillies were uh, were good, the Nationals would always take like weird Phillies after the fact, and then when the Nationals were good, the Phillies were taking old Nationals, and now it's like I feel like it's a weird cycle that's happening. Yeah, you got two really good corner outfielders, Harper and Worth.
0: Yes, I'm just going through, it and and then some you of the you could put Andy
1: Chavez and Andy center. Chavez,
0: uh, old broadcast friend Kevin Franzen.
1: Yeah, he utility man. Howie Kendrick. Yeah, that's Lance Nix on the bench.
0: Oh, stop! Oh, god! But the Nick <laughs> Lance Nix. No, okay. Moving on. With we- John
1: Lannon is no. the oh is no the third no. starter. Oh, no.
0: no, no, Matt, do not bring up John Lannon's name. I oh my god. All right, so brief aside here for those of you who. God, this is going to pain me to say, who may have been too young in 2007 to remember this.
1: <clears throat>
0: okay, now that I've said that. John Lannan, when he was pitching for the Nationals, faced Chase Utley late in the summer, 2007. Utley was hitting somewhere around like 340, something ridiculous. He was having a great year. He was maybe at that point the odds on favor to win the MVP. And John Lannan threw a breaking ball that caught Utley flush on his right hand and broke it. And Utley had to miss like four to six weeks tanked his mvp chances obviously the phillies still made the playoffs jimmy rollins won mvp and everything's happy but as somebody who wants chase utley to get into the hall of fame not having that mvp award looms so large and it's all because of john lannan
1: john lannan in 2013 and this isn't that long ago he pitched 74 innings for the phillies 38 strikeouts and 27 (laughs) walks it's a different game. It's really like a man. different game. It was a totally different world. And it's not even 10 years ago.
0: No, you just you hear about that, and then you look at like Kyle Kendrick's lines. I think he had under like a three strikeout per nine line one year. Maybe I'm thinking of Aaron Cook. Anyway. Can you imagine
1: a team starting a guy like that every five days in 2022. I mean, no, you can't. It's crazy. No,
0: it's not yeah. viable. Anyway, yeah. moving on from that dreadful close encounter with John Lennon, who I shiver just saying the name. Uh, our final over-under is about us. Not about the team. It's about us. Somebody was kind enough to ask about us, Matt. Oh, it's Jsaw 17 Thank Weirdos. you so much. Okay. The number of guests we're going to have on this podcast at 2.5. I'll
1: take the over. Absolutely we'll take the over. Are you kidding Part me? Part of this is because I'm going to disappear at some point in the season. For well,
0: a bit. yeah, th- that aside, even, even if we're not counting it by default for you know, one of the months of the year. Um, absolutely. We want to have people on here. Look, the whole thought about calling this show Philly's therapy is that even though it's just been Matt and I to start things off, this is, this is group therapy. Really. We're talking things through that apply to, we hope a decent portion of the fan base. And we want to get you all involved in that. We want to open up the couch. So we'll definitely have more than three people on this show. At least it's my plan to. So JSaw 17. Thank you very much for asking. And for letting me get my plans out there into the open, I would absolutely love to have people on the show to join us here on the couch. So that brings us to the end of our prop bets and our over-unders. Thank you everybody who submitted those. Again, if you didn't hear yours in this particular episode, I'm going to get to everybody's and put something out in the middle of the week where we get to the rest. So don't worry about that. You will be taken care of. Um, But before we wrap things up for this particular session, Matt, any parting words, anything you'd like to say as we get ready for the end of camp and the start of the 2022 regular season?
1: No, I know my daughter is maybe excited for me to come home because now whenever we FaceTime, she just says, she says baseball field. She just wants Hmm. to see the baseball field. She doesn't want to see me, Uh, which means it's time to go home soon. But uh, that's adorable. No, I mean, it's uh, the next time we talk, uh, the Phillies will have played. 3 real games.
0: 150th of the season
1: complete. <laughs> the weather looks okay for opening day? Okay. Okay, it looks okay for opening day.
0: Okay. There's and been just, worse
1: forecasts for opening day.
0: Just as in it's going to be cold because I know people can handle yeah. that, but is there rain?
1: Rain in the morning, but uh, looks like it'll hold off in the afternoon.
0: Okay, so we'll hold our breath for that. It'll be a long week, but we'll all get there eventually. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining us on another episode here at Philly's Therapy. And thank you to everybody who submitted a prop and an over-under. Again, I'll say it one more time. If you didn't hear yours read tonight on this particular episode, you will be taken care of in a bonus midweek episode. Thank you, everybody, for coming up with some creative lines. It was a lot of fun to work through these. Uh, Once again, my partner here on the couch Matt Gelb of the Athletic, Philadelphia. Go ahead and subscribe to the Athletic, and you can catch all of Matt's wonderful pieces, both features and and uh, I won't call them gamers because they're a lot more than that. Uh, but his his daily coverage during the season of the Phillies is really unmatched in this space. And uh, just to keep being a, a little bit sappy, before we really get into the regular season, it's a privilege to have him as my co-host. And really looking Happy. forward to the season. Yeah, baby. Let's get to it. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week.